You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell, joined by Mario Hines. We're both sick. Mario, how are you? <laughs> uh, we're both sick. So, you know, it's that one weird sick where you have to tell people that you're a little under the weather, but you're not sick enough to where you're not around the people. Like, you're like, oh, I guess I can work or I guess I can go this, you know. So it's that weird middle ground where it there's no benefit. No, only downside. Only downside. The the story of my life <laughs> the last couple of weeks, only downside. But the one positive is that the football has returned. I've got BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We're going to take a look at all of the week two lines. And that's not where that's supposed to go. There you go. All the week two lines. And um, take a look back at week one. I think uh, it was interesting. It, it was. was. Th- does it feel like week one is just forever going to be completely unpredictable with how teams are not playing any of their starters in the preseason? Man, it wasn't frustratingly unpredictable, so they've got my grace there. But, yeah, it was like, you know, some of those early scores were flabbergasting. And then, yeah. and then... Like when I mean early scores, I mean like first quarter, second quarter. I'm like, okay, this is how this isn't how uh, the Colts should be starting the game. <laughs> yeah, and then they tied. So it's like, yeah, yeah. Week one will be this forevermore. It can't get any like this. They're at the level where it's like, don't be sorry. Don't have a terrible product. But we don't know who's who. We don't know, and, and we still don't. But we definitely don't know based on anything we see in the preseason, based on personnel change. We just don't get enough. Yeah, and you just can't draw any conclusions from week one. It uh, just doesn't seem like it's the way that it 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 is effectively an extra preseason week at this point. You know, our our beloved organization squared off Mm -hmm. this week, and I, I certainly hope that the fact that the Eagles were the single worst tackling team in terms of uh, actually completing a tackle in week one is indicative of not playing anyone in the preseason rather than their actual abilities. No, I, I think, I think our, our game, the game that we had the most interest in that, that Eagles Lions game is a great microcosm of what you're talking about. Because it's both both ends of the spectrum. For me, the Lions, and then we had inside scoop, of course, but seemed to work very hard this offseason, maybe like mm-hmm. putting, you know, almost cross crossing or approaching that boundary of like the uh, training camp of old, intensity of old, right? This is how you yeah. win. And with an Eagles team that's like, look, we've done our we 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 know what it looks like when you need guys or you're counting on your stars and then they get hurt for stupid reasons. So we're going to play it safe and be prepared. And then those two teams meet, and it's like the talent gap or the is 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 farther apart than the preparedness gap was for week oh, one between those unquestionably, two yeah, unquestionably. And I mean, the the Lions are also like they're all. Piss and vinegar, balls to the wall, excited. This is a new time in the organization. 
And the Eagles are kind of just like, yeah, we'll, uh, we're worried about the playoffs. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's get, let's uh, see where we're at. And, uh, and I don't want to say let's get out of here healthy. Cause no, there's definitely a more intensity than that, but in parts, like, let's just see where we're at and, uh, not do anything stupid. Yeah. I mean, look at pros and cons, obviously the Eagles official injury report going into week one listed no one. <laughs> so that's great. But the Eagles ability to tackle was also no one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And just it made some perplexing decisions too. I, I had concerns about Wunderkind, Jonathan Gannon, our defensive coordinator going into the year. I've never understood the fascination with Jonathan Gannon, mm-hmm. despite the fact that by all accounts, he looks, you know, he's a like hot coaching candidate around the league and it's only a matter of time till he's a head coach. Yeah. Maybe he's an organizational guy. I've just never understood him as a defensive guy because his team was, the defense was terrible last year and the defense now, after they gave him all the pieces he could possibly want somehow worse i mean i saw i saw a stat and not to take anything away from the lions rushing attack which was very good and the lions offensive line which is very good but the eagles traded up to get defensive tackle jordan davis in the first round on he he played the fewest snaps of any defensive tackle on the eagles roster by seven by the way (laughs) of of the five defensive tackles on the roster on running plays when Jordan Davis was in the game, the Lions averaged 2.9 yards per carry. On running plays when he was out, they averaged 10. Ooh. Now, look. Now, look. Skews that. Big, big chunks, right? Big, big chunks, whatever. But also not skews that because this is what Jordan Davis brings you. You know, right. un, un, undisciplined Jordan Davis brings you uh uh, gap short blockage and and surging of the line like not even well coached Jordan Davis so you have a gripe you have a real legit gripe here it's it's just perplexing and they bring in Hassan Reddick who has one skill on a mm-hmm. football field and that is see quarterback get quarterback mm-hmm. and they're like you know what I think you should be in coverage yeah let's like back you up Run backwards, actually. <laughs> yeah, you you really, some guys are made to move forward. Some guys are made to move backwards. He's not a move backwards guy. It's not like, let's drop him into coverage. What is the point of spending all that money to improve the pass rush? A pass rush with, that was abysmal last year and looked equally abysmal this year. Equally, I perfectly said it. Why? Why? And I didn't get that, but I was happy about it. I was very obviously. I oh, was the very fact that happy. we they didn't even bother trying to get any pressure on. Uh, oh my Jared gosh! Goff. Oh my gosh! And it was for for reasons. One, obviously, it helps us win the game, gives us a better opportunity to win the game. Two, it gave us a really clear view of like this is golf. This is golf. This is golf. Like it's not golf under duress. And no, this is golf. So it was fine. I liked it. I think I think I I saw a stat that golf was blitzed six times in the entire game. I didn't think, and this is not me like being. Like this is not a joke. I didn't think that DCs had that in them. I didn't think that that could happen. I didn't think that could happen so few times. Well, I wonder if it's like Gannon had no respect for this Lions team ability to beat them deep. And they're just like, all right, you can dink and dunk all you want. And they did. And it worked pretty well for them. And also also they ran the crap out of the ball. That's what I'm saying. Like we'll dink and dunk because when we have no choice at this, at this point, we don't have an over-the-top guy yet. 
And then two is well, DJ uh, Chark exists. Oh yeah, yeah. Damn. Damn it. He had his got his first touchdown too, even though it was red zone touchdown. I think I think that that has to to come um, over time. But yeah, he's he's our deep threat. And I was pleased. I was pleased. The tackling in our offensive run game, our offensive line is actually. If I'm gonna have an uh, a impulse take off of week mm-hmm. one, I'm gonna go with Hank Fraley applause. Oh, I and, think it's a very good unit. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like already, already gelling, already getting to the point of attack, not not making the stupid penalties. There were a couple plays that were um unforced that I didn't like, but yeah, like not a strength of of the Lions' offensive unit, dare I say? No, no, that Fraley's doing a real. I mean, there's some good players on that line, but Fraley's doing a nice job getting them together. That is yes. a good group. I don't, no question about that. And they were dictating what they wanted to do in in the run game. They were being more physical than the Eagles' defensive front was, which more often than not. Like, why? Why are you playing five and six guys in the box the entire game? I just, I don't understand this. I know, I know that they're not going to make any changes to the, the defensive staff in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. But look, look, Vic Fangio hangs out at camp. He's at practice a lot. <laughs> Can't we just give him some made up title and just quietly let him call play? I was going to say, just ask him what he thinks every now and then, but. The every game. no every play <laughs> <laughs> yeah like yeah, he yeah. can be the grown-up in the for jonathan gannon right right no it's just like i'm gonna run this but uh vic what do you think and like you can just it's like the it's like friday like it's both of our bikes but i'll keep it at my house like you can keep the title of dc Absolutely. but vic's gonna call the plays okay that cool yeah i don't like I, I'm look. I'm very in on this Vic Fangio thing. The guy has had his chance to be a head coach. He's never going to be a head coach again. He's an older guy now. You don't have to worry about replacing your coordinator, regardless of how good he does. I like it. I'm just. I, I'm. I would like to start a grassroots movement Push to it. have have a uh, have old Vic be the uh, the defensive play caller. And just can we just put him in the room and be like, hey, you know what? Sometimes it's easier to sack the quarterback if you actually have guys going towards him. Yeah, they have to. If you tell the guys to go do it, they'll have a better chance of doing it. If you like, literally make them. And if you trade up to draft a pass rushing, run stuffing, like monster of a defensive tackle, put him on the field more than twenty two plays. Play him a little bit. See, see if he's still in his twenties. Just check in to see if he's a young man in his twenties that can play the game. Not even. Yeah, we'll start there. (laughs) So crazy. All right. I uh, I found a list here before before we head over to the picks at Bavada. I have a list here of the current top thirty two quarterbacks in the National Football League. Top thirty two starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. I want to get your thoughts on these. I have thoughts on this, so let's go. Uh, I want to. We'll do these sort of by groups here. The bottom three, uh, number thirty two, Cooper Rush, Dallas Cowboys, taking over for <laughs> that was for Mister Prescott. Uh, number 31, Joe Flacco, the uh, seemingly 48-year-old, threw the ball 59 times last week. And number 30, Jacoby Brissett of the Cleveland Browns, who played a very Jacoby Brissett game. It was so Jacoby. Like, I'm not going to knock us out of it, but the rest of you guys are going to have to do something if you want to win. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm going to complete about half of the passes uh, for about 150 yards. I won't throw an interception. It's very unlikely I'll throw an interception, but it's equally unlikely I'll throw a touchdown. So deal with that. Yeah, like if you guys want to score, maybe the running backs better do something about it. Uh, And uh, boy, boy, is he not athletic. It's like if we want (laughs) – I don't know. I want to take it here. If we want to like quell any stereotypes, like to do it, in all ways, add Jacoby percent to that. Okay. Add Jacoby. Yeah. <laughs> because he's it always, not. You're hundred percent right. And it always, cause you know, there, obviously we know what the perception of the, the black quarterback is. And, uh, and you, the, you just seem like, Oh, that guy can run. Yeah. He's a good athlete. And then you see the, like you see the Jacoby percents <laughs> and you see like the Byron left, witches and those guys, and Dwayne Haskins is another one. Yes. And you're like, boy, I wonder where that stereotype came yeah, from. Like, are we watching clearly? So what we're saying, Jacoby, is shave your mustache and you'll you'll get a little bit more, you'll get a little bit faster. It's gotta be weighing you down. All right. I think we can agree that those are the three worst quarterbacks in the NFL right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Sure. The next group, uh, I'll give you five. Davis Mills, 29, Baker Mayfield, 28, Trey Lance, 27. Daniel Jones, 26, and Mac Jones, 25. Any surprises in there? I'm a little... No, 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 I guess not. The one thing I will say Uh, is that if he was not the number two or three pick in the draft or whatever he was last year, I do think Trey Lance would be down at the bottom of this list. And probably, probably under like right around that Jacoby Brissett spot because he was bad. That thank you for bringing that up. Like, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to come off as a Baker enthusiast as much as I'm like, he's played better than Trey though. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Well, I mean, look, they were playing in a weird weather situation for sure in that that Bears 49ers game, but. 46% of your passes does not cut it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was hoping that you would, you would flat out say still not good enough. I won't even go as far as to say your games, your your playing style shouldn't have been hindered. I don't want to say that much, but you have, yeah, you, like, have a, you would like to think a quarterback would be able to throw the ball. Yeah. Like you have a style and your hands are huge. You have a style that can, you can, can, can make up for not being able to just toss it out there to where, you can complete simple passes because of what the defense thinks you can do. Yeah. Put it that way. Uh, the next five, number 24, Mitch Trubisky, number 23, Geno Smith, number 22, Justin Fields, number 21, Marcus Mariota, number 20, Jared Goff. Man, Geno, you heard, you, the one liner after the win is going to bump <laughs> him up the list for me. Cause I, I don't want to be one of those people that's writing them off. You know, I did, but um, I, I don't know that that was the wrong decision. Personally. I know, like Gino, but he had a, Gino did he did what he had to do. Gino, you played you, Gino. Relax. That's what I would say. But you know, we applaud you, but relax. Really though, I, the Mariota love a little weird for me. Well, the two fumbles were rough, including one that probably cost the Falcons the game. That and I know you spoke, and I don't know if you were being facetious. I can't remember the context. But that's my issue with Marcus, Marcus, Marcus Mariota. That is my, like, not fumbles per se, but the moment since he's been a pro. 
the yeah. moment is always bigger than him, man. Yeah, he he shrinks in the spotlight. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, and it's a it's a bummer because he was such a unbelievably clean quarterback prospect. Yeah. The guy can do everything you want your quarterback to do other than lead a team. Other than lead a team. That's like, damn it. That's not a cliche, unfortunately. (laughs) No. Number 19, Trevor Lawrence. Number 18, Carson Wentz. Number 17, Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Number uh, 16, Matt Ryan. And number 15, Jameis Winston. Yep. Tua, I'll replace Tua with Jameis. And Jameis and Matt Ryan are interchangeable right now. Again, that's my week one overreaction, but... And Carson was Carson. Carson made some spectacular plays, some spectacular throws, and threw two head-scratching interceptions. Yes. And can we have a conversation about how Carson's narrative should be similar to whatever Kyler Murray's was this offseason? Carson is not a film junkie. And it almost strikes me that he gets by on, I, I know what I'm seeing out here. Like, that's the way he plays the game. I can't see him actually understanding what's happening in front of him, even this deep into his career. Yeah, there does appear to be a processing issue. But I think he's one of those, like, he's always been that, like, Brett Favre kind of guy where he's yeah. just trying to make plays and, and you know, steal $5 million from the state of Mississippi <laughs> to build a, a, what is it, volleyball Volleyball stadium? stadium? I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I guess it's good to be Brett Favre's daughter. And he, yeah. But what is a volleyball stadium? Isn't that a basketball court? I believe it is. I, I believe it, <laughs> believe there is more function to that than. Look, I don't know. Maybe maybe women's volleyball is huge in Mississippi. Okay, I yeah, can't say it's not. So, that's right. Uh, number fourteen, Derek Carr. Number thirteen, Ryan Tannehill. Number twelve, Jalen Hurts. Number eleven, the aforementioned Kyler Murray, and number ten, Russ. Oh, Russ in the top 10. I'm with it. I'm with it. Based off still being able to throw that pretty deep ball. Uh, There was a name in there that I was taken aback by. Carr Tannehill hurts Murray Russ. Oh, Carr. How does it feel, buddy? How does it feel, Derek Carr? That was a terrible showing week one. You deserve it. Yeah, three, three picks, and I believe every other throw went to Devontae Adams. Like, in the wisdom. But come on, man. Come on, like if we if we're touting this division to be the best, you've got to keep up. I gave a quarterback that's soon to be mentioned a really hard time leading up into the season, and he just completely shut me up. Mm. So we'll get to him, but uh, Derek Carr has to keep pace with that group. Yeah, this was also the week of like targeting one guy. We saw that in Las uh, in Las Vegas. We saw we saw that Justin Jefferson with uh, I believe yeah. what seventeen or eighteen targets in Minnesota. And by the way. What Kevin O'Connell did for that team, boy, oh boy, he is a, at least through one game, brilliant football strategist. That guy can game plan. My gosh, because you have to turn it there. You have to turn it over to to what he was able to do in the game plan and the scheme because of the, the guy that was wide open. Like this is well, a professional. I, he league. schemed him wide open. That's that what I was saying. Thing. Like I, crazy stats uh, last year. And I don't. I'm, this is going to be off the top of my head and a little bit off. But uh, last year, Justin Jefferson was went up against a cornerback on routes something like eighty four percent of the time. And in this game, this past week, 
16, uh, I mean, 60% of the time he was matched up against a safety or a linebacker. I'm talking like that. That is like, because th- this is a professional league. They know who he is. He's not yeah. just, he's not as good as he is. He's not just winning his route that often, that that greatly. That was scheme, and it was beautiful. Okay, I've got I've got an issue with these next five, and you can you can guess <laughs> where my beef flies. Let's go. Uh, number nine, Kirk Cousins. Number eight, Matthew Stafford. Number seven, Joe Burrow. Number six, um, no, uh, Lamar Jackson, and number five, Aaron Rodgers. Oh my gosh! No way. Am I losing my mind? I got a handful of no ways in this group. No way. Wait, and I, oh man. Okay, everyone's too low except for, jeez, uh, oh, who's the start of the list? It was uh, Kirk Cousins. I don't mind him being where he is. No, fine with me. But I'll tell you what, Matt Stafford did not play like the eighth best quarterback in football last week. It looks to me He's- that, that that elbow is yep. probably pretty bad. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, sorry, Matt. Yeah, you're you're not there. Uh, Burrow threw four picks. Although we'll give him a, we'll give him a break because he didn't play in the preseason with the yes. appendectomy. Yes, Lamar looked good. I mean, didn't really complete his passes at fifty six percent completion percentage. But Lamar was Lamar. He. I think that scheme as well. If we want to get into the nitty gritty, he'll never he'll never get, he'll never level up. That's. I mean, he also needs that receiver that's going to consistently win. True. And uh, Rashad Bateman, I don't know if he's that guy. No. Nope. Aaron Rodgers was just, he was just ordinary. Yes. And look, I'm, I mean, I know you can't overreact because I would guess, given that he's the reigning MVP, Rodgers would have started this list at number one. It's, you can't overreact and drop him down too far. But 195 yards passing, a pick, minus one rushing yards, a fumble. He looked like he missed Devontae Adams. And um, no, looked like double entendre, man, because he also, which is coached against, is he was visibly, he showed it every single drive. It oh, because he's, he's a baby. He's such a big baby. And sure, like Mason drops that his first ever touchdown, potential touchdown. Yeah. Good. First of all, good. Get it out your system. You're, you're, you've got a long way to go. But like those plays can be had. What Aaron did isn't about those plays not being had. And, and I don't think he believes that. I don't disagree with you. I mean, if you're, this is, this is the, the, the old adage of like, is it the quarterback making the receiver or does the receiver make the quarterback this week in green Bay? It looked like the receiver made the quarterback. Uh, there was this running, running tally of uh, how Aaron Rodgers looked without Devontae Adams and how Patrick Mahomes looked without Tyreek Hill. And yeah, a little different. Yeah, there's, there's, there's something to be made about that. Yeah, and that we and you know we've talked about that a lot over the last couple of weeks, but yeah, Mahomes is pretty good. Uh, I think people people mm-hmm. forget how good that he he is so good that he he puts up crazy numbers and people forget how good he is. Yeah. But uh, so our top four, number four in year 23, Tom Brady. Number three, your best friend, Justin Herbert. (laughs) Number two, uh, Patty Mack. And number one, Buffalo quarterback, Josh Allen. We're doing it too soon, everyone. I think you might be right, too. We're doing it too soon. It's okay. It's okay that he's a top four quarterback. 
Mr. Allen, I mean. It's okay. He's not I the best he's quarterback. He's better than a top four quarterback. I think he's a top three quarterback. Okay. I, so I, wait, I so, think so, I, so, I think, so, I think, so, wait, who's, yeah. Who, who, who is it? Who, who do you got? It's Mahomes is number one on my list every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. I have no, honestly, I have no real issue. This, these top four you can put in after Mahomes being number one, take the other three. Put, put them in a hat, draw them in whatever order, and you, I think you can argue it. Yep, that's how I feel. But I just, I think we are really taking the greatness of Patrick Mahomes for granted. I'm trying my best not to. Like a person that's aware of it, I'm trying my best not to. So people that wouldn't want to, it's happening. It's ha- He did that on purpose. <laughs> like obviously they want to win, but like five touchdowns week one is a thing that, uh, generational quarterbacks who have a like they play with that quiet chip or that like I pay attention to the media but I don't say the wrong thing he's one of those guys okay like he completely understands his place in the league he wants that place and he doesn't like it when he gets removed from that place I I, I completely believe that Patrick Mahomes is like that and that's what and Andy Reid is down for it so it came out in week one now, yeah, who, and I, I do think I do think a little bit of uh, all the talk about whether or not he's underpaid played a factor into it too, with him just wanting to show like because I, I really don't think and his answer was the best answer you could possibly give mm-hmm. credit to Mahomes who's always always great with that stuff. He's like, look, my family is generationally wealthy with this contract. Like, what what am I worried about? Of course, I'm not gonna. I don't need to renegotiate, but. You know, people are competitive, and when people start making more than you, there is an assertion that they're better than you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, I think Patrick wanted to show that that was not the case. <laughs> he certainly did. I believe all of that. I'm telling you, I believe Patrick Mahomes is an uber competitor and pays attention to it all. Yeah, I mean, man, just it's funny what the difference one draft pick can make for an organization. Yeah, like, yeah. And what Kansas City trades up to number eleven, I think, to go get to go get Mahomes, and there's the franchises. Oh, ten. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and the and the franchises changed forever, for literally ever. forever. Yeah, this it's impressive. It's an impressive call to make for for a guy like that who. You can't see this. If I'm being fair, you can no, see what you could not. do with what he was. You could, like, I could see a coach like Andy Reid saying, "I could do something with what he was showing in his collegiate tape." But this is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, thank you. What a, an incredibly weird top twelve of the draft, too. Like, okay, you get Miles Garrett, like an all-time great defensive player, mm-hmm. and then Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> and then Solomon Thomas, who's now on like his third team. Leonard Fournette, Corey Davis, bust, bust, bust. The great Jamal Adams, Mike Williams, the brief superstar Christian McCaffrey, John mm-hmm. Ross, Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, Deshaun Watson. Wow. Like the, dra- the draft is a crazy thing. It is, man. It is. How did Corey Davis slip up there? He was such a hot name out of Western Michigan because of how well he ran and what how well he did. I had a huge year at Western Michigan, but he also had a huge, um, a huge 
surge leading up to the draft because of pro days and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he, he ran a four, three something. Yeah. No, he was blistering. Speaking of Western Michigan guys though, uh, your sky Moore looked great. <sighs> Look, that team is gonna They're going to be just fine. I, it's crazy that they got everything they did for Tyreek and they still are going to be arguably the best passing offense in the NFL. Yes. Yes. And I love it. I love it. Just bananas. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to our week two picks. Mario Hines starting on Thursday night, the Los Angeles chargers without kicker Harrison Butker or wide receiver Keenan Allen head to Kansas city to take on Mr. Mahomes and Bavada's got the chiefs minus four and a half. Yeah. Tight game, close game. I think, the Chargers showed that they could do fine without Allen. He got injured very early in yep. the contest. so And he's always hurt. And he's always hurt. So I won't use that as a parameter for what will happen in this matchup. But uh, I'm just I'm just very, very much – the way I just talked about Mahomes' Mahomes's grudge, so to mm-hmm. speak, I think the Chiefs have that as a, as a squad. So they're going to – until until further notice, take the Chiefs um, – take the Chiefs all right. All right, Chiefs minus four and a half. The Carolina Panthers head to New York to take on the New York football Giants. Coming off of an interesting week one themselves, Bavada has the Giants one and a half point favorites at home. I love it. I love it. I love it. So what Bavada did here is I, I get it. They have a decision to make, uh, not schematically, but the personnel have a decision to make to say, we are taking this week one upset, just own it as an upset and trying to skate off of it or they use it as a means of like okay how do we end up being a team that's supposed to win that game i'm hoping that because of dabble and and company and of course uh the giants uh, won that game yeah 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 i thought you were saying i thought they i thought you were saying they lost that no 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 they were but they weren't supposed to you know Quote unquote. No, that's that's certainly true, but but exactly what I was worried about, and with Brian Dabble came to fruition, and Saquon Barkley looked like he might be the best running back in football. That's what I mean. So I think I think out of those two options that they actually are going to figure out how to be a better football team, and they're not going to just take last week's win as like, oh yes, we prove we're not sorry, and then don't prepare. I think this is the the uptick. The Panthers, I put a lot on them last week. That was their chance. I felt like to create a spark, uh, a invalid spark. They're not that good. And they didn't yeah. take it. So I think they lose here. Well, I was just shocked by how little that offense seemed to work. I think we have we have to have genuine concerns about Christian McCaffrey at this point. He did not look like the player that he has in the past. And just Baker, aside from a couple of broken coverages, just wasn't really didn't seem like he was on the same page as any of those really good receivers that uh, that Panther that that Panthers team has. Like DJ Moore did basically nothing. DJ Moore did basically nothing all day long, and I thought that they would come into the game with an idea of how to get the best out of these guys, and that's one of the things that you thought I would think Baker would help with. It just it just didn't come together. I am definitely thinking that. McCaffrey is, oh, I hate to say this on record, on his way out, man. It sucks. Yeah. It, uh, it's funny that 
Baker's number one receiving target was the great Robbie Anderson, who was actively petitioning for Baker not to be traded to the Panthers. Oh my gosh, it's it's so great. You you can't Shakespeare couldn't write it better. Uh, where are we going with this? Giants going Giants. I believe in them. The Indianapolis Colts head to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bavada has the Jaguars plus four at home. This one's tough for me because the Jaguars did a little bit of what I thought they would were growing mm. out of in week one. Took them a while to get get their gears turning. And then, so it makes me say, okay, I'm okay with leaning towards that. But then the Colts didn't do what they were supposed to do at all against no. the Texans. I mean, uh, I mean, the running game was kind of there. John, well, that. Jonathan Taylor. Okay, I, I, I saw the stat last night. And it was it's the first time I ever remember seeing this stat in a football game. Now, granted, the, uh, they went into overtime. But... I've never seen a game where on the same team, a quarterback had 50 or more passing attempts and a running back had 30 or more rushing attempts. <laughs> that sounds nuts. That It shouldn't happen. I don't even know how. It's. I'll tell you what happens is that nobody else carries the ball. Yeah. So when you got a guy like that, like Taylor, you're fine, right? You're fine. But. A lot to be desired for the Colts. I'm still going to go Colts here okay. as, um, yeah, the Jags still have some growing up to do, apparently. You know, Trevor Lawrence still missing um, some some throws he should make uh, defensively. And NFL-quality okay. receivers. And he's also missing those things that help you be a better quarterback, which is receivers. Yeah, no, uh, no knocking the, what, $100 million man Christian Kirk or $82 million man Christian Kirk, but... Uh, Mm. Yeah, look, Marvin I, Jones. He, yeah, well, Mar- Marvin Jones, four catches for 38. Christian Kirk did have six catches for 117, but it was on 12 targets. Mm. So somebody had to catch the ball. Yep. I don't understand why they don't give the ball to Travis Etienne. They take him in the first round last year, and then they give him four carries. And all he does in those carries is average 11.8. That's what he so, can do. That's what he can always do. Well, 11.8 seems tied to me, but I get what you're saying. I'll tell you, you find a running back who gets you 12 yards a carry. He's going to, he can, he can maintain, he can maintain, again, low touch, low touch volume here. He can maintain like a 5.8, 6 point per touch here. But, but he shouldn't be low touch. He was a first round pick running back last year. Well, what kind of league we're in? But they still after, took him. After just saying that uh, Taylor had 30 carries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, by the way, the Jaguars in total, 18 carries. Yeah. So that's a, that's a philosophy thing. So you're right. I say. I guess say right. it looks like they just didn't have an offense because they. I mean, I know it's a Doug Peterson offense too, but only boy. threw the they only threw the ball 42 times. So it's not like they threw the ball 59 times like the Jets did. Yeah, I mean they had they 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 got off the field early. Like they they didn't have a lot of long drives early on. So that's why I can't go with them here, even though the Colts are are disappointing so far. Interesting game here. The Miami Dolphins head to Baltimore to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Bavada has the Ravens three and a half point home favorites. I don't like this one, Bavada. I'm sorry. I'm going to go Dolphins here. Folks, go Dolphins, win money. Here's why. The very the very thing we were talking about, the Dolphins can create a tempo uh, mismatch, and this is the perfect mismatch of teams and how they want to be paced. Uh, the yep. Dolphins offense can do um, and score quickly or score in rhythm where the Ravens need something else. And so I think the Dolphins continue their streak here. I think, again, Tua is going to 
continue to rise as a top 15 quarterback, top 12 quarterback in this league. And uh, yeah. Dolphins win, I think, comfortably. Well, I think the Dolphins offense is made to generate big plays. Mm-hmm. The The Ravens have to manufacture big plays. Well said. Um, are we going outright or plus the points? We're going outright here, folks. Out Money. right here. The uh, New England Patriots head to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bavada's got the Steelers plus one and a half at home. Ooh, good. Good, good, good. I'm glad they didn't buy it. I'm not buying it. Four turnovers is yeah. what kept the Bengals alive. And a blocked kick. Like mm-hmm. you were supposed to lose. Well, you didn't. What's supposed to happen happened, but and Evan you, McPherson missed that kick in overtime to win the to win the game. Yeah. So look. So look. And yeah, there was a lot of mistakes on the Bengals side. A lot of lack of preparedness, and the Steelers dancing in the locker room. I mean, the AB dance is pretty cool, but yeah, not not. I think the Patriots bounce back from not thinking they lose to the Dolphins, and and they're better prepared and they're a better team than the Steelers. So give me the Patriots here. Have you seen that that uh? The picture of Jamar Chase and Minka Fitzpatrick. No, no, no. I'm going to look at it now. Where Jamar, I don't know the context of it, but Jamar is literally just giving Minka Fitzpatrick a double middle finger. Oh my gosh. It's, it's aggressive. Uh, so we're Patriots? We're Patriots here all the way. All right. The New York football Jets head to First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. Take on the Cleveland Browns. Bavada's got the Browns minus six and a half, and one of the bigger lines we've seen so far. Yeah, really big Browns line. Hard to argue. Hard to argue here based on the opponent. Again, I don't have a, a lot of analysis outside of if the Browns can stick to the running game and get that going, then uh, they can they can beat a team by six points. The Jets are a team that will spot you seven points. So here we go with the Browns. You got take take Browns. Take the take the line. Wait, I'm, I'm I'm a little confused by this, and I know this this is just another sports thing going on right now. But Adam, you know everything that's going on with the Suns. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver says, "quote He doesn't have the power to take the Suns from Robert Sarver following the suspension." Didn't he kick Donald Sterling out of the league for something that's very similar to this? Like almost literally, yes. I don't understand what he means. Basically, the first thing he did as commissioner. Yeah, like it was hot why people thought he was really good for, for a second in the bubble. By the way, hilarious that uh, not so much for him. It's really unfortunate for him, but uh, funny that Chris Paul has to go from Donald Sterling to Robert I know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Shakespeare could not write a better. Could not yeah. write a better. Uh, sorry, Jets, Browns. Where were we on this? We're going Browns in an uneventful... 10 point win. This would be the first time since 1993 the Browns opened their game up. They opened up the season 2 0. That's crazy because it boggles my mind that they'd have two wins so early as well. Yeah. And first, the the win last week was the first, uh, first, home, first opener they've won in 17 years. Such a long time. It's just the law of big numbers suggests that you should win a couple by accident. Oh, like, what is going on where you couldn't? <laughs> well, unfortunately, I got to see a lot of that. Tim Couch. Tim Couch is yeah, Tim Couch is part of that reason. He was one of the better quarterbacks. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveled to New Orleans to take on Jameis Winston and those New Orleans Saints. Bavada has the Saints two and a half point underdogs at home. 
Yeah, Jameis is going to have to show up prior to the fourth quarter for this to be a contest. Yeah. Maybe he will because of interdivision stuff. No, I mean, in the Falcons, Falcon, though, more than the Saints did what they had to do. So give me the Bucks here, man. All right. Bucks minus the two and a half. The Washington Commanders head to Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan to take on the Detroit Lions. Bavada's got the Lions one and a half point favorites at home. Woo! That's it. I'm going Lions here. The thing that I was concerned about not translating, translated, and that and that's uh minimizing minimizing your ineptitude as a, as an organization. And I know that sounds yeah. like a joke, but no, it's it's a real thing that Lions fans and Lions culture has had to overcome because there's been talent in the building, but there was ineptitude right along with it. And so with that ineptitude gone, a few plays of like losing football happen, um, but fewer. And the bounce back is real. And I think it, it bodes well against a team like the Commanders who can show up at, in any version. So give me the Lions here. The Atlanta Falcons travel to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Rams. And uh, we're entering into the territory of big lines here. Bavada's got the Rams. Biggest line of the week, minus 10 and a half at home. Ooh. Um, I'm not mad at it. It's hard for me to say. This is this is a, that giant bounce back game for the Rams. It has to be. It has to be, but but giant for me is is in quotations because they have got a lot to figure out offensively. They didn't yeah. they didn't use anyone. No. <laughs> they used Cooper Cup. And and other guys, I guess. And no. The- <laughs> really just Cooper Cup. Allen Robinson had one target. I one think. target, man. And 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 a couple of tight ends they 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 threw to a couple of, yeah so I'm thinking they can clean that up but it's not an easy fix um, to to do well so I think the Rams win I don't know if and maybe I'm again overreacting week one but I don't know if it's if if it's it's an explosive win man I'll tell you what every time I watch the Rams game I'm shocked that uh, Ben Skoranek is their third receiver. Like it just, it doesn't, it it never makes sense to me. Like I, you know, no offense to the guy, but like it, he seems more to me like a guy who should be fighting for a roster spot rather than in the starting lineup. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess they, they see something that I do not see and God bless them was a seventh round pick last year but ah, we'll see i guess is these these things happen and I, I find like these like little dips in in um like ro- roster depth happen every now and then it makes me wonder obviously money aside which you can never really put but yeah. money aside obj must have really like it, it must be he must not be healthy well he's still hurt i mean yeah. he, i don't think he's i don't think he's ready to play yet it it's going to be interesting to see where he lands and yeah. how uh, how fair weathery he is. Yeah, I tell I tell you what, like I've I thought this at the beginning of the year. I think it now. I think Beckham ends the year a bill. That'd be so weird. He, he it'd be fine, but it also, from my trainer's point of view, not the best place to land. Recovery wise, you need some time to give your body a chance to to take on that uh 
like there's no real real like cold weather bothers you but it does tighten your muscle group right and but on this on the same token i would argue that from a trainer's perspective playing professional football is a bad <laughs> idea coming off of that injury <clears throat> Dive in the pool head first, OBJ, right. is, what, is what Chris is saying. Go be a Bill and possibly win a championship again. Let's talk about this. We didn't talk about it last week. And since since you're bringing up your trainer stuff, thinking about diving head first into cryotherapy, where do you stand Ooh. on it? It's a beautiful thing. If, if, you, if you're not down for a good old-fashioned ice bath, which is hard, just as hard Mario. to do. I tried to sell Alexa on us getting a cold tub in the basement. Oh, that was that a four second conversation? Uh, it went a little bit longer than that. Cause I was like, look, you know, it, it it's great for muscle soreness and inflammation. It's awesome. Uh, but, and I was like, look, here's what we'll do. We have a room in the basement. We don't really use It's kind of just storage. We turn it into like a nice little spa room, put the cold mm-hmm. tub in there. Uh, yeah, there were some logistical issues and I don't think it's going to end up happening, but so yeah, but you can, <laughs> very interested in cryo. So yeah, if you can't do that, what you're not going to do is what it sounds like. Cryo is yeah. a good, a good, uh, a good alternative for that because it's basically it, you can, you can, um, pinpoint a little better than, than the, uh, ice bath. So do it is what I'm saying and report back. I'm thinking about, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to go just, just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to force myself to just. Cause you know, they sell, look, it's expensive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they sell, uh, like the, the, the monthly memberships where you can go as much as you want. Thinking about buying a five pack, which mm-hmm. is going Monday through Friday every day. And then I, I either like it or I don't after that. That's real. That's real. You'll be able to, you'll be able to tell the impact after three sessions, the way your body feels when you do normal stuff is going to be. Like I'm walking way better. I'm going up steps way better. This is the example that I gave when I was talking to one of my friends about it. I was like, you know what? I he, He's like, what do you really want to get out of it? And I was like, you know what I'd love? I'd love it if I wasn't like, every time I sit up. <laughs> Seriously. And you think like, no, you can really alleviate that. Yes. Because the grunting all time high right now, all time high. Yeah, well, that, that it's probably not going to get. I, I find that corresponds with the the age also being at an all time high rate. Yes, as, <laughs> those those two things rise at the same rate. Yeah, like I would just love to not like. Yeah, like you said, groan as I get out of the chair or stuff like that. I'd love to when I lay down at night and in my bed, I'm not like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we don't need the sound effects. I want to eliminate sound effects, everyone. Yeah, well, I don't. I I, I did say like. Look, I'm a weirdo and I make a lot of sound effects for a lot of stuff. (laughs) And I realized last night, like, I don't ever want to not be that person. I don't ever want to not be the person who's like making whooshing sounds when I'm doing stuff with my. (laughs) This took a turn and this is great. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be that person, but I would love to not be in pain when I stand up. There you go. Don't lose your character, your personality. Yes, damn right. (sighs) All right. Falcons, Rams. Are they going to cover this 10 and a half? No. So we're going Falcons? Yeah. All right. Falcons plus 10 and a half. The Seattle Seahawks coming off their Super Bowl win head to San Francisco <laughs> to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Bavada has the 49ers favored by nine and a half. Yeah. Give me the Niners here to, to to make up whatever issues they had. Obviously, the weather we mentioned. Trey Lance will have the reins pulled in on him. And if we have a Jimmy G reference, then we're we're heading in the right direction because – 
it means the Niners want to win now. Uh, the Seahawks, like you said, they're they're we are what they we thought they were. The Broncos, eh, but also that matchup, that matchup is is a bigger deal than yeah. than we realize. Like that specific matchup, and Pete Carroll's still very smart, and he knows exactly how to make it difficult for uh, Russell Wilson. So that's what oh, yeah. we saw more than um, the Seahawks being better than the Broncos in that sense. So give me the Niners here. All right, Niners it is. The Arizona Cardinals head to Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Bavada has the Raiders five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, this is your bounce back. I'm on a humble the Cardinals tour until further notice, and this okay. is a week that I want that to happen. I just, again, it, they came in hot. It was fun for a little bit. I'm not going to go as far as say they're cheating the game, but there's pieces <laughs> that have to, yeah, that's like really old school. There's pieces that have to be made clear and yeah and and until they get until they get their their lineup set anyways then um then the Raiders should be beating them so give me the Raiders here Raiders it is the Cincinnati Bengals head to Dallas to take on Cooper Rush and the only team not to score a touchdown in week one the Dallas Cowboys Bavada has the Cowboys getting seven and a half points (laughs) now when I said the Cowboys were not what anyone who had them in that same range, similar range based on personnel. I didn't mean for those guys that were going to underperform to get hurt, mm-hmm. but at the very same time, the result is the result. And so the Bengals will take care of that. I still think Burrow is the next up in, yeah, in the agreed. class of quarterbacks. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock into what we saw outside of you can't cheat the game as you know, and he needs to play. Uh, so he's, you know, I, I have thoughts on it. I think the Bengals bought their own hype a little bit. I think they went into that game cocky. I agree. Oh yeah. I think they go into game every game cocky and they weren't prepared. Their cockiness to preparedness ratio was a little unbalanced there. Yeah. Uh, nothing and- wrong with nothing wrong with cocky, but like, I think they they think they've gotten to the point where they're a show up and win kind of team, and they're yeah. just not there yet. Yeah, teams aren't teams aren't um, going to move a step slower because the Bengals are here. Put it that right. way. So yeah, I'm with you there, and uh, so I think they'll get a little bit more back up to speed. And the Cowboys are a good team to still make some some mistakes and still win. So give me the Bengals here to to cover. All right, the Houston Texans travel to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. Is this a national game? No, yeah. that can't be. Right. Is it a late game? It's a 425. Uh, uh. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Bavada has the Broncos favored by 10. Ooh, bounce back, bounce back. Yeah, no, no. I, I liked what I saw from the Broncos outside of like the the very rookie coaching mistake at the end. And, oh, wow. and, and, and in Terrible. part, uh, throughout the game, there was some weird, like, there's a weird management thing going on uh, that I can see going on prior to that, mm. but that being the piece that resists on. So give me a bounce back, a non-overthinking. I think that uh, Hackett trusts Russell Wilson. I wouldn't buy into that. If you're listening to that, don't as of yet. Uh, give me the Broncos to win comfortably over the Texans. Comfortably. It's a 10-point line. You're you're comfortable oh, yeah. with yeah. the 10? Yeah. I'm okay. comfortable with the 10. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. The Chicago Bears head to Green Bay to take on my Green Bay Packers. And Bavada <laughs> has the Packers minus 10 at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather is what blessed the Bears here. Okay. And um, the Packers aren't going to look that good, but the Bears are sorry. 
And I'm just going to stick with that. So give me the Packers here. They won't win by 10, though. So I guess you're taking the Bears line, but the Packers. Bears cover? All right. By the way, the Packers are also another team that makes a whole heck of a lot of sense for for Beckham. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'll go with that. Although he could drive Rodgers literally insane with his uh, freelancing on offense. Yep. So that could go either way, I guess. But good television either way. I was going to say, I want to see it regardless. (laughs) Yeah. And how about... uh, how about Beckham's former teammate twice? Jarvis Landry may be the best receiver in week one with uh, how he played for the Saints. Mm. Although I guess Justin Jefferson exists. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the Justin Jefferson but, train. But Juice, was, Even Juice was outstanding. Juice was amazing. Look, so guess what we're talking about really? We're actually talking about LSU receivers because Chase had a great hell of a game. That's true, too. Jefferson has a hell of a game. And, of course, the seniors – that, you know, <laughs> we have to call that. Juice had an amazing game. And I think rightfully so, man, because his work ethic and, and what he actually contributes to the game is kind of also going under the uh, under the, the radar. So, yeah, I'll, let's let's throw him in there. Let's throw him up there for week one, 1B. Baker's great accomplishment was just completely diminishing the ability of great receivers to make plays. It was, he did it so well. <laughs> it's crazy. The Tennessee Titans traveled to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. <sighs> Two straight national. Look, the Bills are great. I don't know that we need to see them twice on national television this early, but the Bills favored by 10. They're here to convince us. Yeah. They are here to convince us. And guess what? It's going to, this is going to be a game where they do that. Again, let me be very clear about this Titans team. Window closed. Window closed. We're not seeing any, you know, and maybe this is a tight game. I doubt it, though. But uh, actually, I'm more very sure. Give me the Bills to, to cover. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a game that featured Derrick Henry, he was clearly the second best rec- uh, running back on the field last week. Saquon looked unbelievable. Henry looked like, uh, you know, Henry had a very Eddie Georgie type day. That trajectory is on pace. And it's interesting because Eddie George wasn't beaten to death in terms of like, oh, you look like shit. Your body's terrible. It's just that. Well, he, yeah, he, he got there. Oh, when he was wearing that star on his helmet. But he was still like that. The one year where, where we were still, um, when I say we, I mean like the general media. And we were still kind of like respecting his his him as a starter was like a 3.1 yards per carry season, man. Very different world we lived in at that point. Like. Yeah. Eddie George, let's see. Philadelphia kid, by the way. By the way, would you be surprised to learn Eddie George is only 48 years old? Oh my gosh, yeah, I would. Wow. Uh, well, he's actually 57. I don't know. That means oh, okay. nothing. Uh, Eddie, so Eddie George, over his career, 4.1 yards of carry, 3.9 yards of carry, 3.7 yards of carry, 4.1 yards of carry, 3.7 yards of carry, Three yards of carry, three point four yards of carry, three point three yards of carry, three point three yards of carry, three point six yards of carry for his career. Boy, was the game different! Like uh, you are benched, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. You are. You're, you're, you're the short lar- You're you're now the short yardage goal line back. Congrats. Yeah, like what? <laughs> you're fighting with Jordan Howard for touches. Exactly. I'm glad that you're a team, a locker room favorite to make the, the cutting decision hard for us. You stink. 
insane. Just and decent offensive very, lines. Yeah, but also very um, like he has some long runs, which it will tell you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I yeah i I look back at these old stats and I'm always shocked. So. I, the long runs thing is a little bit of a misnomer. And I think we, we make a lot of our, our – we've formed a lot of our opinions of Eddie George based off of that rookie season when he was great yeah. in Houston. Yeah. But he had that was the longest run of his career in his rookie year, 76 yards. In the next seven years that he played, he only had one carry of 40 or more yards. And that's probably the one that I'm picturing in my head that made me say. And that's Tennessee in 99. Yeah. (laughs) That's the one where I'm like, but he has some chunks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, 30, 37, 40, 35, 27, 35, 27, 24 longest. uh, Yo, imagine if you're like game planning, like seriously, you're like, don't even worry about angles this week. No. (laughs) We've got Eddie. Don't even worry about your angles. Just come down here. He's going to get three and a half yards of a carry. There's nothing you can do about it. If, if it's a four-man front, he's getting three and a half yards. If it's a six-man front, he's getting three and a half yards. Yeah, like, don't even worry about it. So let's, you know, we're dropping back into cover. Just, yeah, exactly. We're, take, we're, ta- we're taking the rest of this team away. <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to think. Who, who's the Tennessee receiver that I can't think of right now? Andre Risen. Andre and Derek Mason. And Derek fucking Mason. Go, go Sparks. Well, I'm surprised we haven't had him on the show at some point. <laughs> well, our uh, final game of the week, the uh, and by the way, double Monday night on week two is weird. I'm not cool with it. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, and Bavada has the Eagles two point favorites at home. Cool. This is where the Vikings sober up a bit. Okay, uh, great, great scheming, like we mentioned, ad nauseum. The mm-hmm. Eagles, again, are a better team than even they showed in their 38-point win. Let's not forget that they had a 38-point win against a, a defense that wasn't uh, porous. You know, um, they you got, uh, you got Eagles can run the ball with the best of them. Jalen Hurts was settled, which I expected. And um, the Vikings didn't have to deal with any of that in week one. No. So uh, I think they come back down to earth. I think the Eagles win by a touchdown. And sorry, we the Titans Bills game. Did we? What was the pick? Oh, there? Bills Bills, and they cover. Yeah. Okay. All right. So sixteen picks. The parlay this week. It is a plus four million two hundred and forty six thousand three hundred and thirty seven, which means we need to bet one dollar. Let's see one. No, we gotta bet more than that. This doesn't make sense to me. How? Oh, it's a four million. <laughs> Math is hard. Educational system failing us. Thirty. All right, you can bet two dollars and thirty-six cents to win the max one hundred thousand dollars at Bavada on a sixteen-game parlay. All right, I'll see you. I'll see you. Um, hundred thousandaires uh, later, I guess, because I'll be joining it, you. If you're not rich by next week, it's really on you. Wow, you can't. We can't end it any better than that. <sighs> Well, I think we should just keep talking awkwardly at this point. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Horwardell. Thanks for listening. Enjoy week two, and we'll see you next time.